Welcome everyone to our Polaris podcast. So I am Jeremy Whitbeck, a partner of Polaris Wealth, and we have our managing partner and chief investment, uh, investment officer with us, Jeff, good morning to you. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, doing really well. Uh, obviously it was a late night last night with the uh, Georgia Senate race, and uh, I think things went a bit differently than what we had expected uh, several weeks ago, although there were certainly some trends that were emerging. But uh, wanted to spend a little bit of time and go through kind of your thoughts and what the potential implications are with how the Senate race ended up in Georgia. Well, it looks like we're still waiting on a little bit of stuff going on. And you know, for the record, I just want to reiterate, uh, uh, you know, what Polaris Wealth uh, Advisory Group stance is when it comes to politics and talking about politics. You know, we don't want people to read into uh the messaging of what we're dealing with here. Uh, what we try to do with, with regard to how we deal with politics is to be agnostic to it. Uh, we have lots of clients that are, are uh, Republicans. We've got a lot of clients that are Democrats. Uh, they fill the entire bell curve of thought process and, and uh, uh, feelings about what's been going on with uh, the election. So uh, just to, to avoid uh, potential comment back to us with regard to this, what I really want to do is just say that we're being very clinical with how we're talking about this. So um, if you went back to actually the election in November, uh, the runoff uh, occurred uh, because the state of um, Georgia has a must get more than 50% of a vote in order to win a particular seat uh, for the U.S. Senate. Uh, no one uh, in the two seats that were uh, there uh, got that 50% margin. And so uh, we had kind of an unusual situation, which was to have uh, an election completed, uh, but not really completed. Uh, and so we had, uh, again, just to bring everybody up to speed, um, in one case, we had two Republicans and one Democrat running for one seat, and then it was a, a Republican and a Democrat running for the other. And, and uh, there was enough other uh, independent party members and other parties that uh, took enough votes so that nobody got a majority. Um, with that all being said, um, originally right out the gate, uh, it looked like the Republicans would take both seats um, and uh, control uh, the U.S. Senate with a, uh, a larger margin than when it was originally trended uh, before the, uh, the presidential or the, the national elections with both presidential uh, Congress and Senate going into to voting cycles. But uh, what we're seeing right now, at least uh, as we speak, it looks like um, uh, we have at least one, if not both, seats going to the Democratic Party, which uh, would be a, a material change in control of the U.S. Senate, which is really why this is becoming a, a much bigger deal. So one election with 98 percent in uh, has uh, Warnock uh, winning over uh, Lawfer, uh, which, uh, again, is enough of a margin uh, the Ossoff-Purdue uh, election, uh, you're talking about uh, a total of four-tenths of one percent difference. Uh, that election has not been called yet. Uh, that being said, uh, Ossoff is leading in this situation, which is, again, the Democratic uh, candidate, uh, not the incumbent uh, Purdue, uh, who uh, would be losing that seat uh, in this situation. So we are in a circumstance where uh, if that were to go through, uh, that the Democratic Party would have control over the U.S. Senate. And, and Jeff, can you elaborate a little bit on what that means when you say that they have control and why 
this race was one that was especially closely watched? Yeah, so I mean, if we're really looking at, um, you know, it's just kind of the, the historics. I mean, if you're looking at it from just a baseline, uh, when you're looking at it in this kind of context, uh, how do um, we've had over the last 15, 20 years, um, parties voting on party lines much more so than we've had it from a historical standpoint. Uh, so having the Republicans uh, controlling the U.S. Senate uh, is important in one context, which is that they could veto or shut down anything that was being nominated in the way of bills, tax reform, laws, those types of things that were coming up through the House uh, that could be shut down by uh, a Republican-controlled uh, Senate if uh, they felt like it wasn't in the, in the U.S. Uh, uh, public's best interest. So having one party uh, controlling the presidency, controlling Congress, uh, you know, both the House and the Senate uh, is a very big deal um, and had, we had something that we have not seen for some time. And so really that's that's the the big dramatic out of this is saying, okay, well, what does this really mean uh, to sit there and see this? And again, it's something that uh, we're looking at and looking at closely because we want to understand uh, the implications that it might have on taxes and on, on future laws. Yeah, thank you for uh, kind of clarifying that. And some of the comments that uh, that I've received, and I'm sure others, is what is the stock market going to do if it ends up going um, to the Democratic side just because of the shift in power? And yet here we are this morning, and stock market's not down. And in fact, it's actually up, and it's up uh, pretty significantly, getting back to the uh, recent all-time highs. Um, do you have any thoughts or comments regarding that and why the market seems to be reacting the way that it is? Well, I think that uh, that to your exact point, Jeremy, I mean, most people had uh, thrown out the initial um, run-up in the markets uh, back in November as uh, the fact that the Republican Party did much better in the election than was originally uh, projected. Uh, if you look at, at uh, Congress, or I mean, really should say the House of Representatives in this case, uh, the, the prediction was for them to lose between 10 and 20 seats, which didn't happen. They picked up seats. And so all of a sudden, you, you know, this, this huge blue wave uh, that was being projected really was a, a misinterpretation of information at the very least. Um, with this, I mean, again, the, the thought process was that the, uh, that the Democrats were going to not only take the Senate, but they were going to take it by multiple seats more than what ended up happening. And then all of a sudden, uh, the Republicans had a shot at keeping a hold of uh, the uh, of the, the the Senate. The markets reacting today, I think that, that A, the markets have had some time to kind of reflect on uh, who Joe Biden might be as president. Uh, they've also had a chance to kind of reflect on who did win and where they kind of fit in the, the full scheme of uh, conservative to liberal uh, within each party. And I think that what you're seeing is that there's enough conservative Democrats uh, that have been elected or uh, are currently sitting in the Senate that the, the thought behind it is that if there's an egregious uh, bill put forth uh, for a, um, a, a bad tax bill, uh, that the Democrats that are sitting in the Senate won't vote for it. So as much as the, it looks like the uh, the Republicans may lose control of the Senate, um, it's looking like there's enough rationalization uh, out there for 
people to be voting based upon what's better for the U.S. Uh, versus just something that's along party lines. Yeah, Jeff, that's a great point. And I think it's something that we oftentimes think, uh, forget about is that just because you have a majority on one side or the other, that doesn't mean that there's a free reign to pass anything. I mean, as you were speaking, as remembering back to the first uh, two years of President Trump's uh, presidency, where he had the uh, majority of senators on the Republican side, and then he was trying to pass his health care reform, yet that never really happened materialize and so I think what you're saying is a great reminder that just because a party has majority it doesn't mean that uh, the senators aren't beholden to their constituents and depending on the basis that they ran and the uh, the desires of the people um, doesn't mean that they're just gonna pass anything through that that comes along and so that checks and balance system still works even when you have one party having control or another well, you had also brought up in private conversation, Jeremy, and I thought that was a, an excellent point uh, that, that I think is worth bringing up here, which is also some of these Democrats are being elected in what has historically been uh, Republican strongholds. And so the, the way that they're going to win a majority in those kind of strongholds is by being much more moderate or even conservative in nature, even though they might have a, uh, a blue sign behind them or a, uh, a different emblem than the Dem or the Republican Party uh, doesn't mean that they might not vote more like a Republican than a Democrat um, because of their constituency and, and the fact that they are trying to uh, to you know hopefully represent uh, the people that are, are that have elected them in a way that would be uh, right for them rather than just again along party lines. It will uh, certainly be interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, Jeff, in previous conversations, and it may have even been on uh, one of these podcasts, but I think it's a point that's worth emphasizing here. And you've talked about the split and how no matter what happens, half of the population approximately will be happy, the other half will be unhappy. Do you mind elaborating on that a little bit on why it's important to keep that in mind and not to take extreme views, especially when it comes to money with things like this? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I think that one of the things that we've seen uh, go on over uh, the last, you know, at least five, if not more, like 15 years, is more of a polarization of belief systems. Um, some of that is through the media, some of that is through the internet, and um, again, there's been a lot of controversy uh, based upon um, what information flow is being uh, disseminated to to different parties. There's a an interesting documentary that kind of goes through all of that, uh, where basically the internet feeds you with information that you want to read, not necessarily what's out there. And obviously, you know, the truth is very hard to, to truly disseminate because the truth is based upon, you know, not only your belief system, but it's also based upon uh, what other people have written about. And when you really kind of get down into perception and reality, uh, there is no real reality. Reality is what you make of it yourself. Um, when it comes to making or decisions and making uh, decisions for your investments, one of the things that we continue to, to reiterate with our clients is to just be clinical about it. If you are a Democrat, then you're probably happy with what's going on right now. Um, that being said, four years ago, these were the same people that were complaining the most about what was happening with Trump being elected. Right now, uh, Republicans are very unhappy and and um, I would, in some cases, acting in more of an extreme nature of decision-making, saying, okay, well, should I do, you know, what, X? You know, should I go completely to cash? Should I go 
and get out of the markets and so on. No, you shouldn't. I mean, within any market, we will figure out how to be able to make money. Um, doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, there are things where money will be spent within the government. There will be initiatives that will be occurring uh, where we as professional portfolio managers uh, will be able to sort through it and make decisions based upon what we think is in the best interest of our, uh, of our client base. And keeping in mind that in my previous writings, the best of uh, possibilities was having a Democratic president with a split Congress. It's looking like that's not gonna happen, but that does not necessarily mean that the, uh, re the uh, returns will be negative. Um, in fact, having uh, a Democratic president across the board with all of this has historically produced positive results for the stock market. And about 45% of the time, you will have a Democratic president. So it, are you going to invest and not invest for the next four years because we have a Democrat sitting uh, in the White House? That doesn't make any sense to me. So it's about navigating what the agenda of whatever political party is in power at that time, be it one that you agree with or one that you don't agree with. Uh, but it's got to be something that you can sort through to be able to find uh, where your money would be best served in the markets in a clinical way so that you can take advantage of it. Jeff, I think that's a uh, that's a great reminder to all of us. And uh, I mean, just to kind of harp on something I said before, extreme views, especially when it comes to portfolio management, almost always the wrong way to go. And I think the results of the market this uh, this morning, at least the preliminary results, are a great reminder of that. That I know that there was a knee-jerk reaction of should I step out? Things are going to crater, and here we are with uh, that balance of power not being as uh, as fully balanced as people had hoped for, at least some people had hoped for, and yet the market's doing just fine. And I think uh, sometimes we forget that at the end of the day, the stock market really is moved by our company is able to make more money. Right. And certainly the president and Congress set the rules that companies have to play by. But one of the things that I've learned is that companies are pretty nimble and that they find ways to navigate around obstacles and they find ways to take advantage of opportunities. And certainly with the changes taking place, both of those will be present. And I think uh, most companies feel pretty confident going into the future. Um, this is probably not a fair question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, any projections or any things that you're thinking about as we head into uh, the political landscape for 2021 within the uh, portfolios? Well, uh, I'll, I'll throw out a teaser for you. Um, and that is that we have a, a webinar coming up here uh, a week from today at noon uh, Pacific time. Um, and we will be going through a lot of where we think things are gonna be going in 2021. Uh, we will do a nice recap of what we've seen go on uh, in this past 2020 year um, and where things we project will be going. Um, I will give you a small hint to a little bit of it, which is that uh, we expect a leadership change to happen. Not only, I mean, obviously we're having a leadership change uh, within the White House, but uh, we expect there to be uh, some shift in leadership with regard to uh, what will work in 2021 within the markets. And it's not going to be what worked in 2020. Um, so uh, I'll just tempt you with a, you've got to come and uh, come, got to come to our webinar uh, and or read our uh, next educational piece to get the full gamut of what we think is going to be going on with 2021. Yeah, Jeff, that sounds like it's going to be really interesting. Uh, for our listeners, how will they find out information on how to attend that? 
So coming up here, um, I believe it will be going out um, today uh, that they will get a, a save the date and then they will get a direct email uh, a couple days before uh, the event itself. Uh, we will most likely also have a direct link on our website also. So if they're going to the website to try to find uh, the information how to log on, uh, that'll be sitting there uh, for them. So it, it should be pretty straightforward, pretty easy for them to do things. Um, but yeah, I mean, we should have a, a very good attendance. We should have, uh, you know, come come view it. And if for some reason you're not able to attend it live, it will be recorded uh, and it will be on our website probably a day or two after we've uh, gotten done recording the actual webinar. And Jeff, well, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Um, as always, I'm sure uh, there will be a lot of material that uh, that you're able to cover with us. Um, and so really appreciate you taking the time and helping us understand kind of your thought process as we go through these things. Any last uh, thoughts or comments before we uh, wrap up for today? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the, the biggest thing that I would remind everybody is, um, you know, even within Polaris, I mean, we have uh, lots of Republicans, we've got lots of Democrats. I mean, we, we're, we're the full gamut of it as well within a firm. Um, I've certainly had lots of people try to guess what uh, political ideology I have. Um, uh, it's certainly not something that I will give up uh, in a public forum, uh, but just realize that, again, for me, uh, when it comes to the actual investment management of our accounts, I'm not red, I'm not blue, uh, I'm not even purple, uh, which would be kind of in between. Uh, I have to be translucent. I've got to be uh, absolutely see-through to be able to take advantage of uh, what's going on and to set my own political beliefs aside uh, and to kind of face whatever realities we're facing in the most clinical, well-thought-out ways possible. Um, the sources that we pull from are a variety of both domestic as well as international sources of information. Um, we took from conservative standpoints, we take from uh, from liberal standpoints, we take from international, in order to be able to get as much clarity to what's going on within the markets, not necessarily read what we wanna read out of uh, what's happening within the market. So uh, I would encourage our client base to, to think globally also uh, when it comes to uh, how they view what's going on with the current environment, because what we are dealing with are things that we've never seen in our history before. Uh, so again, uh, deep breaths, you know, we're all Americans, we're all on the same side. Uh, we're all wanting the same thing, which is uh, for this country to move ahead and move ahead in a positive light. Um, just realize that we're, we're all playing on the same team. So, um, so with that said, um, you know, come to the webinar, enjoy what we have to say. You may not agree with it all, uh, but realize that it's being done in the most clinical, well-thought-out way that we possibly can. Jeff, well, thank you so much for your time again and really enjoyed our conversation. And so to all of you out there, um, as always, be safe, be healthy. Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, is a federally registered investment advisor. The information, statements, and opinions expressed in this material are provided for general information only and are subject to change without notice. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, is not intended as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security, and is not intended as individual or specific advice. It should not be construed as investment, legal, or tax advice. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice. 
Polaris Wealth does not offer professional legal or tax advice. All information contained herein is believed to be accurate, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. Past performance is no guarantee of future returns. Diversification does not assure a profit or protect against loss. Investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. No advice may be rendered by Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, unless a client service agreement is in place.